0: Welcome to the One Broken Cog
1: Podcast. Join John and Brian as they share small adjustments that lead to major impacts. 2021, the year of the cog. That's One Broken Cog. I am Brian Olson here in the West Coast. We've got John Lester on the East out in New Jersey. Man, it's late out there, John. You're a night owl, though, right? I am a night owl. I love this time. Well, I'm glad. It brings out the best in you. (laughs) (laughs) Well John, we've got an interesting episode today. You know, since the pandemic hit, you know, many people like us included decided to take a calculated risk and start a business. The issue they've run into is the cost associated and how to properly budget. And of course, on the flip side, established businesses are struggling with where to allocate funds and of course, budgetary constraints. Well, our guest today specializes in helping new business owners start and run a business with little to no capital, and she's Sarah Saint-John. Now, Sarah is an entrepreneur, podcaster, author, animal lover, and World Traveler. Now, she's created several startups throughout her entrepreneurial career of over a decade through her books, blog, and podcast. Sarah's goal is to show people how to launch and manage an online business on a budget. Sarah, welcome to the show.
2: Well, thanks so much for having me. I appreciate it.
1: Our pleasure. Pleasure is ours. Now, John, I have to say, I think we should title this episode, California, New Jersey, and Texas Walked Into a Bar. What do you think? (laughs) I I like that. I like that. (laughs) Sarah, you are from Texas.
2: Yes. Right? Uh-huh. Yep. Dallas, Texas.
1: <laughs> now, J- John and I are dying to know what the best cut of steak is, in your opinion, being from Texas, of course.
2: Oh, well, see, I'm not much of a steak person. I, I'm more of a chicken person. <laughs> um, my husband would have a better answer for that. I, I know good barbecue though. Does that does that count? <laughs>
0: uh not so close to my dinner time, Sarah. Stop it. <laughs> not <laughs>
2: Oh man, steak. Um, well, I mean, it, it's not in Dallas. It's in, I believe, Amarillo. But I don't know if you've heard of it. But the seventy-two ounce steak, where if you eat the whole thing, oh, uh, yeah, uh, the big is it called the Big Texan? I can't now. I can't remember. I've been there once, but um, yeah. So I'll just say that I guess as far <laughs> as steak goes, even so though I have steak, haven't had you really it, really eat steak, huh? <laughs> Well, I don't actually really eat steak, but I'm just gonna go with that one. <laughs> so, if you were to eat steak, you would go all hog wild, right? Yeah, I mean, if I was going to, might as well eat seventy-two inches or seventy-two inches. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, just, <laughs> sorry, seventy-two uh, ounces.
1: Should we edit that out, John, or
2: keep that in there?
0: You know, I I was uh, I was busy. I didn't hear a thing. <laughs>
2: i i think we should keep it in
1: <laughs> okay yeah there we go you know there, there was that movie the great outdoors you ever seen that with john candy where he tries to yes
2: take it
1: uh-huh. 49 or whatever that was a great scene it reminds me of that <laughs> awesome so we know it's on the dessert menu tonight john for sarah for <laughs> sure for sure
0: so sarah so, jump uh, jump in if you'd be so kind um how did you get to where you are? I mean, where did the soul start? What were you doing before? When was that earth shattering moment where you said, "Wait a minute, I got to do something different with my life"?
2: Yeah, so it started back in two thousand eight. I had had six different jobs that year, um, not at the same time, but throughout the course of the year, and realized that uh, that wasn't working out. I wanted to be my own boss, and so I started a photography business. Um, But I realized that while I like taking photos of animals and architecture and landscapes, I don't like taking photos of people. But that's where the money was. Um, I was doing weddings and portraits. Um, But the bigger issue than that was just the expense to maintain and and upkeep with equipment, uh, cameras and lighting and all that. So I decided to switch to an online business model, but I wasn't sure what I wanted to do so I kind of tried a little bit of everything like drop shipping, affiliate marketing, blogging and it was in the course of trying these different things that I discovered all these like free or really affordable tools and resources to help run an online business. So then I got the idea to write a book called Frugalpreneur where I kind of talk about all the different types of online businesses and uh, how to run them on a budget. And then while I was writing the book, I got the idea to start a podcast, also called Frugalpreneur, and but it was just going to be, you know, 10 episodes or something, just to kind of coincide with the book as an extra marketing uh, method. But I was getting more traction and leverage with the podcast and making connections and and whatnot that I kept it going, Uh, and then... I was editing and producing my own show and people would compliment me on it. So then I decided, well, I might as well start a podcast production agency and get paid to do it for other people. So that's kind of where I am now is uh, all, I'm all in on, on podcasting. Uh, it just took over a decade to to get to that point of trying all these different things to realize that that's the niche that I want to be in.
0: Are you home now? Is is this Is this going to be home? Does it feel like it?
2: Yes, it does. That's yeah. interesting. Mm-hmm.
0: That's great, though, that you got there.
2: Yeah, I'm glad I finally did.
1: What, what has it done for your business, the podcasting? What's the major impact it's had on your business?
2: I would say, first of all, the connections that I make with guests. And then also, I'm all, like, I'm a, a guest on your show, also the connection I've made with hosts. And the the exposure that you get to somebody else's audience because obviously they're already a podcast listener like if you're on someone else's show and so they're likely to check out your podcast Um, or if you're having a guest on the show and then they share that episode out you know it's exposure that way as well so just the the exposure that I'm getting without having to spend money really i mean (laughs) podcasting once you get the mic and whatever it's basically almost free or pretty close to it and so it's um very affordable way i guess to get exposure versus you know running facebook ads or something like that which i do sometimes but so yeah i would just say the exposure at very minimal cost, plus probably even more so is the connections I'm making because I think that kind of just snowballs and so-and-so might know so-and-so and, right. and on and on it goes.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's
2: definitely true. Mm-hmm.
1: How's that worked out for you, those Facebook ads? When is that what you do to promote the agency?
2: Yeah, I actually just started doing that like this week. So <laughs> we'll see wow. how that goes. Yeah. Um, Any
1: initial thoughts on it or?
2: I feel like I don't have a whole lot of data yet to really have an opinion yet. Um, I know I've run ads on past businesses. I don't know. I I think if you actually get a customer out of it, the cost per acquisition is relatively low. But how much do you have to spend actually? Yeah, I don't know. I, I think it's better than Google ads though.
1: No, hmm. oh, it definitely is. Are, now, are you being frugal with the Facebook ads? Or are you splurging a little
2: bit? Uh, I'm being frugal. Yeah, oh, I mean, I try to. <laughs> I actually try to run my business for under a hundred a month. So basically, it's just wow. whatever. Yeah, whatever's left over of that hundred, I use for advertising.
1: Or you can use it on that big steak, right?
2: <laughs> yeah, I bet. I don't even know how much that steak costs, but it probably is like a hundred bucks. Well, if you it's, eat it all, it's it's, free. yeah, it's
1: free if you eat the whole thing.
2: Come well, on. yeah, true. <laughs>
1: gotta have goals (laughs) (laughs) that's exactly it save your money for that steak huh (laughs) so sarah what is what
0: is your what is your ideal customer look like let's talk about them for a little bit
2: um well a business owner because well at least that's what most of them are i mean i know some people have podcasts for fun I have a few friends that actually have podcasts that are just for fun, but I think podcasting for business is going to become a big market because I mean, I believe podcasting started in 2004 and so, and then by 2019, that's 15 years, it was 800,000 podcasts, but then from 2019 to 2020, it doubled to 1.9 million or 1.6 million. Yeah. Doubled. And then all the money being thrown into it with the whole Joe Rogan, Spotify uh, deal,
0: Yeah.
2: hundred million. And then they're buying like anchor and all this. And now Amazon's getting into podcasting and Google's transcribing podcasts automatically. So it's very searchable now. And yeah, I, I feel like at a certain point, at least for businesses, it's going to be almost expected to have a podcast. Like I think even Wendy's has a podcast, which I haven't listened to it, but it's like, what do you, what is there to talk about on a Wendy's podcast? But, (laughs) um, but yeah, I think, you know, like every business needs a website. I think every business is going to need a podcast. So just, yeah, business owners who are looking for ways to, Extra ways to market and get exposure, and I think guesting on podcasts is also good as well. Even if you don't have your own podcast, so
1: do PR firms ever hire you? And the reason I ask is, you see a lot of these PR firms out there putting their clients on podcasts. Like they'll schedule them and they'll try to facilitate you know guest spots and things like that. But I, I'm not sure they really understand the finer points of it. Have you ever worked with any PR firms?
2: Uh, you mean like uh, where they connect? Like an interview, where they connect you with the host or vice versa, or is that what? Well, you Well, no, I'm sure
1: you've done that, but as, yeah. as far as kind of guiding them in the process, I know that one of your solutions is monetizing the podcast, talking mm-hmm. about the ideal host, mm-hmm. you know, the ideal guest, and kind of giving tips and tricks and best practices. Has any PR agencies utilized that service, or is it mostly just the business owners
2: themselves? Oh yeah, My, mainly the business owners themselves. Yeah.
1: Maybe that's a whole new uh, revenue stream for you. you Got to go after those PR people.
2: Oh, I hadn't thought about that. That that's that is good.
0: <laughs> so Sarah,
2: Sarah, if if your
0: business is is production, does the business owner really understand the medium? Do they understand how to shape the message so that it resonates and gets utilized through a podcast? Is that something you help them with, or is that something that they are left on their own device to figure out? Talk about that if you would.
2: Yeah, no, I do coaching as well. Um, So I do kind of help them or audit the podcasts. Like if they already have a podcast and now they want someone to help edit and produce it, then I listen to prior episodes and point out ways that they can improve and whatnot. So yeah, there's definitely some coaching involved in that. And then of course, if they've never started a podcast, then that's even more, more involved because they don't even know, you know, the basics usually. Uh, and I actually have started working on a course as well for that, that even if someone isn't a client, they can still take the course and learn how to do it on their own. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, I definitely help with that as well.
0: That's interesting. <laughs> what, what's the reaction of, of some of your clients when when they realize that they're I, mean, I hate to say it, but their message sucks and it needs some help.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I haven't had any negative comments. They appreciate it. A lot of times it's like small stuff, like their intro is too long. Like one person had a minute long intro with mm. music and all this. It's long. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, or, or let's see what other examples. Or like they would just talk too much about irrelevant stuff. Like they were interviewing someone, but they were just kind of getting sidetracked left and right and just different things like that. And so I think they actually appreciate it because it makes the show better when I can point out these different areas to improve. Or or some people don't put like calls to action in their podcast or they do and they do too many or run ads that are irrelevant like casper mattress ads or whatever
1: (laughs) yeah you know we recently you know john i didn't tell you this today i got pinged by somebody they wanted to run a commercial at the end of our podcast and of course have a have our our commercial on theirs and it was some kind of a cat website it was very interesting it was a cat meets dungeons and dragons i thought man i don't think this would be a great fit you
0: know yeah that's that's not quite where we're going but Appreciate the call, sir.
1: <laughs> yeah, appreciate the support, but that's a hard no. <laughs> yeah. So what? What is what
0: pitfalls do you find in, in in this? I mean, what are what are people messing up? What are what are they not doing right? What's you know what's preventing them from from being successful in this meeting? Or are you or you are you getting everybody to be successful?
2: Um, I would say, well, I mean, some of those things I already mentioned, but yeah. also, you know, not using. Uh, and you don't have to have full-blown professional equipment that you'd find in, you know, a radio studio or something, but they're not even using a mic. Uh, I use an ATR 2100, which is like, I think 60 or 80 bucks, yeah. um, or they don't use headphones like we're using. So then noise is coming out of the their computer <laughs> and echoing and whatnot. I mean, it's just like these little things that I guess over time, I think people probably learn or realize at a certain point, but starting out, they don't realize all the, I guess, technicalities or they don't edit. Well, I edit now. so. <laughs> but I mean, when they brought in their, if they already had a show and they didn't edit out, you know, long pauses or loud sounds or ums and ahs and all that stuff so yeah i think i definitely help with getting it smoother and more concise and staying on point and all of those types of things so um i know that they're they they have been getting more downloads i guess if if that's your question like the success of the show i think their listeners are staying longer (laughs) not giving up on them
0: i I always find that as as human beings we always have preconceived notions and so i always find it interesting to see what kinds of notions people have as they get into something new and you know what the effect is on them when they realize that their notion wasn't quite as accurate Mm,
2: mm -hmm. i
0: I always find that interesting it's just a human dynamics thing Mm
2: -hmm. and and
0: you get to see that because you're the one correcting them
2: Mm -hmm. yeah that's a good point
1: Do you ever have people that are struggling to get guests where it's, they really want to go to market and get these guests, but they just can't seem to make it happen?
2: Yeah. Um, and I, I forget now how we met, cause I'm on several different, it was either like pod match or pod booker or pod it. <laughs> there there's like at least five different ones and so basically i just set them up on those platforms and then i mean it's easy to get onto shows or get people especially to get people on your show by being on those platforms But of course they didn't exist you know a year ago probably even so i would say that it was difficult for them to get guests and vice versa before they knew about these platforms that existed. Uh, and then there's other ones where they, like, you can hire different companies where they actually do all of the reaching out and communication. And you don't even maybe know, like, who you're going to be interviewing. You just show up at whatever time. But um, I think those are quite a bit more expensive, though. So yeah, I, I don't do all that, at least not at this time. But um, I at least get their profile set up on these different sites.
1: It's great. It's great. Now, I know your business model is helping businesses or helping people start businesses on mm-hmm. a very limited budget. How did you start your business on such a limited budget and grow it to where it is today?
2: Yeah. So, I mean, I've had several different businesses and of course, like for example, the photography one that wasn't on a budget. <laughs> um, well, I mean, technically, but because you have a certain budget, but not in my opinion, was it Uh, a frugal budget but for my online businesses i've always tried to run for under 100 a month as far as PodSeam, that's the podcast production agency i mean because i already had everything i needed because i was already doing my own podcast i already had the software and all of that so it actually really doesn't cost anything to run it other than i offer to do to handle the website portion like their their RSS feed and then the blog post and all that. So I mean there's a minimal cost there, I suppose, but it's built into the price of what I charge. So um there really actually isn't an expense other than time. So <laughs> and that, I think that's the great thing about online business is that I mean depending on what you're doing, there's very little cost involved. I mean you need a website uh and an email marketing platform. But, I mean, beyond that, uh, I mean, I have several different softwares for podcasting. Uh, like, I use Audacity, which is free, and then there's one called Alitu, which is like 28 a month, and that just makes it, I, I go back and forth between the two, depending. And so there's these different softwares that I have. To, oh, and Squadcast, that's where I record my interviews. But it's like, i I was already paying, you know, for these things anyway, so... Yeah. So there really isn't much cost involved in my particular business. Um, And one thing like about drop shipping, when I was doing that, what's nice about that model is you're basically the middleman between the customer and the wholesaler. And so when someone orders on your site, it, it goes to the wholesaler and they handle the shipping. They have the inventory. You don't have any inventory or upfront costs, you know you're not keeping inventory in your house or wherever. And so, I mean, you could even run an e-commerce business online without having inventory. So it's just like all the different options for making money online or having an online business. It's just, you can do it for almost next to nothing.
0: When you talk about it, we'll go into a segue for a little bit, but when you talk about operating an online business for, for next to nothing, you know, when, when I think about all the folks that, are out of work or underemployed mm-hmm. right now, even though the government doesn't recognize it. We know that. But th- they are. Okay. They're, mm-hmm. they're hit hard, especially the restaurant workers and, and a lot mm-hmm. of the lower level healthcare workers. Is it reasonable for an individual in today's economy to start an online business? And is it a kind of thing that they can get to a point where it actually sustains them?
2: Yeah. I, th- well, I think starting out, it probably needs to start out as more of a, side hustle. And that's how I started. it. Um, ideally, you'd want to start it while you still have a job and it just be extra income, not your main income source. And, and, you know, build it up and have it as a backup in the event that you do lose your job. But yeah, at a certain point, you can definitely, but it takes time, of course, to build up an online business. Well, really any business, but um, is that's why you got to start working on the email list right away, pretty much. And because that's how you market to people, basically. And I know, like, course creation, which I'm just now getting into, is a good way to make money online as well, because you're basically just selling your knowledge. So, if you are knowledgeable on something, why not create a course on it and try to sell it? But of course, the issue is always getting the word out there. And, right. I mean, at a certain point you do probably have to advertise to some degree. And so really that's probably going to be your biggest expense is advertising, uh, you know, Facebook ads and whatnot. But yeah, it can definitely be sustainable. I mean, I've heard tons of stories where people are making, you know, they have an e-commerce business or a drop shipping, or they're an affiliate marketer or whatever. And they're making like millions of dollars which of course that's probably on their rare side
0: (laughs) right right
2: but i think to earn enough money to live off of you know or to match your income at a certain point is definitely feasible for most people
0: okay now it's intriguing um there's a there's a tv show on right now called undercover billionaire i don't know if you've seen it
2: oh is that yeah i think so is that the one? Well, they've only had one season. So this far. is
0: season two, and Grant Cardone is on, and and there's a couple oh. of other people. and And I'm just kind of curious what impact that that's having on people because the the, the whole premise is you get drop shipped into the middle of nowhere, the hundred dollars, you got to build a nine, you got to build a million dollar business in ninety days.
2: Oh, this is a different show. I I don't know. I can't remember the name of the the one I'm thinking of. I think has only had one season so far, and he helps businesses i think it's it's similar get off the ground and profitable within a certain time frame but it didn't have grant cardone in it so yeah which what channel is that on
0: it could be history um could be discovery i'm I'm not sure
2: okay and they have to go from what to so so they they
0: disguise them completely Mm -hmm. and then they they drop them someplace And they they have $100, they don't have their cell phone, they change their name, they're not allowed to use any of their contacts, and they have to build a million-dollar business in 90 days.
2: Well, maybe that is the same show, but it was maybe it's a different person each season.
0: Yeah, it's different people each season.
2: Okay, so I saw the first season, I forget what his name was. Rant or
0: something? No, um, (sighs) I I know who you're talking about, yeah.
2: Okay, so it is the same show, but, oh, okay, well, I didn't know there was a second season, I'm going to have to check that out then yeah, I, hope I just that I just
0: wonder what what impact that has on on the person who's sitting by the sidelines mm-hmm. because they don't have a job and
2: mm-hmm. I'm just
0: wondering if that's helping people or setting a false expectation
2: oh I mean probably a little bit of both I, I think it's helpful that they can see that it's possible but at the same time is it realistic I mean <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> being yeah. possible and real I mean pot. almost anything is possible really but whether or not it's realistic i mean because even if he's not using his own name and his own phone and connections and all that he still obviously has the the education training and the experience in his brain to know like what order he needs to do things in and what types of people he needs to contact things like that so even though he's not maybe working his celebrity status or whatever and his connections i mean he still obviously has an advantage that the average person wouldn't have but it is an interesting show and it's probably somewhat motivational i suppose <laughs> it's it's
0: fascinating it's a fascinating show <laughs> but I, I didn't mean to pull us in that direction but I appreciate That's you going great. there
2: I want to check that out. I've never
1: heard of it. I got to watch this thing.
0: It's, it's, it's your buddy Grant Cardone. It's the it's the dumpster oh. fire, and everybody loves to see a dumpster fire.
1: <laughs> That's right. Absolutely. <laughs> no, sir, I got a question for. you. I love what we're doing here. You know, you let's say somebody starts a business on a budget and everything's going great, and they have a great call to action, great value proposition. They've got everything in line. How would you recommend that person market their business as far as organic or paid or what advice would you give them and what, what method should they start out with?
2: Yeah. uh, As far as paid, um, unless it's a physical business, which if it's online, I guess it wouldn't be. I mean, if it was a brick and mortar physical business, I would recommend Google ads. Um, But if it's and Facebook ads, but if it's um, just an online business, I don't even know that I would bother with Google ads, really. Uh, I would focus on Facebook ads because it's so targeted. You could target down to, like, I don't even know. Because face <laughs> Facebook, I'll be thinking of something, and an ad will pop up for what I'm thinking. And I haven't even said it or looked it up, you know. It's, it's like, that intuitive. Um, but as far as organic, like, free... <sighs> I mean, definitely working on the email list, which, but then how do you start your email list? Uh, What I've done, aside from being a guest on other shows like this, um, that's definitely a good way. Another good way is to run giveaways. I use King Sumo for that, which is actually free. I give away a free book every month, and that can help build your email list to then, you know, market to in the future. And of course, how do people find that giveaway though? So you might still have to run some ads or uh, at least post it on social media and do, you know, hashtags that are relevant and maybe get some organic traffic that way. So that that's what I would recommend starting out is maybe run a giveaway of some sort with King Sumo because it's free. Post it all over social with relevant hashtags, and if you want to spend a little money, you could run some Facebook ads to it. The key, though, with giveaways is it needs to be relevant. Like, if you were to run a giveaway for a free iPhone, well, everybody and their dog is going to sign up for that, but then as soon as you know the winner is announced, then they're all going to drop off, so because everyone wants an iPhone. But if, like what I do when I give away books, they're entrepreneurial books, so it fits my audience. And for someone to provide their email address for the chance to win a $20 book, they're pretty, they're definitely my (laughs) target audience because not many people are going to just do that, you know, unless they're really interested in the topic and whatnot. So I like, I've given away, um, I don't know if you're familiar with Russell Brunson, but uh, yeah, all three of his books I've Mm -hmm. done, I've done some of Pat Flynn's books um, and a variety of others. But so for me, that's kind of what's been the best way. Another actually way that has really helped is, like, oh, here, here's an example. I had, um, I don't know if you've heard of pod decks. They're like these deck of cards, but they have questions on them that you can ask on a podcast, like icebreaker type stuff. Well, the guy who makes those, his name is Travis Brown. I had him on my show and I asked if he'd be interested in providing uh, a free deck and for me to do a giveaway. And so we did that. And then I asked if he wanted to share it to his audience, because they're obviously familiar with pod decks. And so he did. And then I got a whole bunch of people on my mailing list who are obviously very targeted because they're podcasters. (laughs) And so, so that was one time. And then another time there was some sort of it was some kind of stack where they, a whole bunch of people contributed a book, a course or whatever on a particular topic. And it was about podcasting in this case. And so I, I have three books. Um, My latest is called podcastpreneur. So I provided that. So I'm providing it for free, but then I'm getting access to all these people's email addresses. So it's kind of, I think that's a, another good way is to kind of get in on a some kind of stack situation or, you know, maybe give something out free of somebody else's, but then have them share it to their audience, but have them go to a landing page to, to sign up or whatever. Hopefully that wasn't too confusing.
1: <laughs> oh, it's great. I love it. And I hear that Travis has a great deck. I, for one think my deck is better, but uh, you know, his will do, huh? <laughs> yeah (laughs) well sarah listen it's been great you john and i we just have one more question for you it's just a personal question just to get to know you just a little bit better so you're going to move off of texas onto your own private island okay you can only bring one book one movie and one album what would they be
2: oh okay Hmm. okay the movie would probably be a star is born uh, I don't know. That's the first thing that came to my mind. Uh, the book would be, Oh, I have so many, I'm just going to go with the one I'm reading right now. It's called, uh, how to stop worrying and start living or something like that by Dale Carnegie. It's really good. And I think that that would be a good book to have on a deserted Island. Cause you're probably worrying and wondering about where you're going to get your next meal and whatnot i don't know and then uh what was the other one? Oh, album
1: that's the tough one.
2: Oh yeah it would probably be i don't know if you're familiar with them there's a band called skillet yeah they're a christian metal band right yeah yeah i i love their stuff so i guess i would say one of their albums probably <laughs> nice
1: sarah it's been wonderful how do people get in touch with you how do people listen to the podcast utilize mm-hmm. your services and connect with you
2: yeah so the podcast is called Frugalpreneur so it's on all of the directories if you put in frugalpreneur it should pop up and as far as, and then the podcast production agency is Podseam that's p o d s e a m.com and then i give away my first 3 or all 3 of my books for free the pdf version one is called Frugalpreneur, and then there's Authorpreneur and Podcastpreneur. If you go to thesarahstjohn.com forward slash free, and that's Sarah with an H, and St. John is S-T-J-O-H-N.
1: That's fantastic. John and I are just going to, we are going to patent and trademark Thriftypreneur, so we can be a leg of your business. We can team up with you. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, yeah, it's been wonderful, John. Any last words for Sarah? I, here?
0: I thought we were going to trademark seventy-two ounce steakpreneur. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
1: That's right, grill them and thrill them.
0: That Sarah, could this, be
2: the tagline.
0: This has been wonderful. Uh, really do appreciate it. Wish you tons and tons of success. I think what you're doing is very important, and I, I think I agree with you. I think the the um, the market is going to come to you because you're doing something good.
2: Oh, well, thanks so much for having me. I appreciate it.
0: All righty. Thanks. Take care now.
2: You too. Thank you for spending time with us today. We encourage
0: you to join the many businesses that we have helped to achieve their objectives, align their
1: departments, and increase their revenue. You can start by reaching out to us at results at onebrokencog.com. Together, we will make small adjustments that will lead to major impacts to your business, your culture, and your bottom line.